I'm the best in the world at what I do. I've been the best since day one. On this microphone, in the booth, in my bed, I live it. I breathe it. I am it. Welcome to the Soldier. What up, people? Welcome to another edition of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie Oo podcast. Featuring the one and only Donnie Oo. Best of what what he does. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to have a long intro. Uh, Yeah, I'm 10 days late. And uh, it is what it is. Apologize, but um, you know, the less said, the better. I just had some things going on. I'm not gonna make no excuse. Like I said, it is what it is, and I apologize. With that being said, I have like one very, 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 very important announcement to make concerning this here podcast. Um, like I said, I think. In the football season, I was moving my day from Wednesdays to Saturdays because there was no more football to talk about. And being the fact uh, basketball was going on and baseball was coming up and they have days throughout the week, you know, I figured it'd be best just to move to Saturday. Well, our national nightmare has ended a couple weeks ago, and I'm talking about the NBA season. NBA draft is coming on. NBA free agency has kicked off and pretty much has wind down to a hope, which I'll talk about later. And football season is upon us. So, what I'm going to do, starting starting next month, I'll give a quick reminder as the date comes closer. I'm going to move the day back to Wednesday. Because now, if I keep on dropping on Saturdays, which... Lately, it's been more like Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, never, who knows, maybe. Did I check the notification? Yeah, I checked the notification. Notification's on, and this motherfucker hasn't dropped. Yeah, since I moved all around, but primarily since the day would have been Saturday, and with the uh, football season starting, and being a fact, football games are mostly uh, played on Sunday and Monday, with the occasional, well, on Thursdays too, but regardless. It makes no sense for me, being a podcast to talk about sports, 
especially one of my favorite sports, if not the favorite, being football, for me to drop on a Saturday when six days would have passed since the game or the action that I'm talking about. So I'm going to go back to Wednesdays, dropping on Wednesdays. And, you know, being the fact that now nowadays I'm dropping a little sprinkle of salt here and a sprinkle of salt there, you know, the little mini versions of the Salt and Thoughts of Donnie U podcast. Those will come out maybe on Saturdays or something. If something comes up and I just can't wait until the following Wednesday, I'll drop that shit. So, this week, I got about four topics in hand. Four topics in mind. And the four topics I will be talking about is the following. The Mets, or should I say, a.k.a. the Mets, and what the fuck is going on with them. I'm going to talk about the Knicks and their... Free agent moves, or lack thereof, but very important moves nevertheless. I will be talking about the NBA while I'm talking about the Knicks, of course, because the Knicks are in the NBA. But I'm going to talk about a specific specific topic that's going to be the ongoing thread through all these topics. I'm going to talk about, yeah, the ongoing pandemic and the fucking Delta variant and all this other bullshit and whether people vax or not and the argument going back and forth and... You know, I got to talk about that because, yeah, it's an ongoing pandemic. And I will talk even though it's about a week late. But regardless, got to talk about the last verses that happened last week between the LOX, the Locks, Jada, SP, Sheik versus Dipset. And uh, what a kind of massacre it really was. Now, the ongoing thread through all these topics and actually the theme of this here podcast, this here episode of this here podcast is being a hypocrite. Because on all four of those topics that I'm going to talk about, I've been a hypocrite in some shape or form or fashion. So, yeah, we might as well call this shit the fucking hypocrite edition because your boy Donnie has been a fucking hypocrite and at least... I'm going to be man enough to own up to that shit. So, that's what's on tap this week. That's what's on tap this episode. And let's get this shit on the road before I decide to fucking erase this and not drop again. So, without further ado, good night. Mwah! And goodbye. Bang! First up to bat would be my amazing mess. My amazing mess. Where should I begin? Where should I begin? Where should I begin? See, this is why for pretty much the whole season, except for the very beginning, when we finally got Francisco Lindor's signature on a fucking contract for the next, who knows, 10 fucking years for 341 mil, has I not talked about baseball whatsoever. My Mets, our Mets, from Queens, had been in first place since the beginning of May. Since the beginning of May. So that's June, July, August. Three months. As recently, if today's August 10th, then as recently as 11 days ago, we had, I believe, a four and a half game lead in the National League East. Since that time, we have lost at least three or four from Miami, 
currently one of, if not the worst team in the National League. And we just got swept out of Philly by the resurgent Philadelphia Phillies. We started the weekend with a half game lead. And we went to Philadelphia. And I believe one game, we actually had a lead. There was a stat. In the last 18 games, the Mets have not scored more than five runs, not even once. This is coming off the heels of the free agent deadline coming and going. And you know the two moves that we made? We made one move, which at the time I considered shrewd, but at the same time, you have to look at very, very closely, and that was the acquisition of Rich Hill from the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, it's been said in the baseball world that Tampa Bay, when it comes to personnel, they're very closely aligned, or should I say, they're very similar to the fact of the New England Patriots in football. Meaning, if New England willingly lets someone go, you have to take a closer look and figure out why when this team is all about analytics, it's all about getting more bang for the buck, it's more about the economical versus the skill-wise, and, you know, they got to make sure it, 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 which card it matches, it, it, it's in sync. Why would they, going into the second half of a season where they're in a fight with the Boston Red Sox in the AL East, give away a live arm like Rich Hill? Well, he's 41. Maybe he's um actually, you know, he's serviceable. But maybe they have a they have some type of intel that we don't. But at the time, we're fishing for arms. We're going there was there, I think there was a double header back maybe a week or two ago where two out of those four two out of those four games we had to go with the opener. Pretty much we had to do a bullpen game. So we were really in need of arms. The other move was a trade for Javier Baez from the Chicago Cubs, along with a pitcher, which whose name is escaping me right now, but is really not going to make or break our rotation whatsoever. Now, leading up to the trade deadline and leading up to the acquisition of Javier Baez, a lot of the buzz was, if anything, if anybody was coming from Chicago Cubs to the New York Mets, it would have been Chris Bryant. Plug him at third. He could play the outfield. And if I'm not mistaken, he at least is under team control for one more year. If I'm not mistaken, I might be mistaken. Like I said, Here's a small tidbit, and here's the first hypocritical thing I've said in the past that I'm going to own up to now. There's one reason why I really haven't been talking about baseball on this podcast. And that is because as much of a Met fan that I am, I really have been looking at the Mets from a peripheral point of view, meaning 
They're in first place. That's good enough for me. Oh, DeGrom is in. DeGrom is out. DeGrom is in. DeGrom is out. DeGrom is in. DeGrom is out. Oh, yeah, now they're doing some spite attack. Now they're uh, cracking down on the, on the sticky substances. That's all I paid attention to this whole fucking season. Because my thing is, as long as my team is in first place, that's good enough for me. Now, when the injuries started adding up, I would look. Well, I used to look in the newspaper, but shit, do those shits even exist anymore? I would look on the, look at the standings, and if I saw the Mets still in first place, that's good enough for me. So, like I said, that's the news or the information that I thought I was receiving was, if anything, we're going to get Chris Bryant. Then I found out that there's a real reason, possibly the number one reason, why we got Baez instead of Bryant. And that's because Francisco Lindor, our, needless to say, our fucking franchise player, if you get that man $350 million, you don't you, you think he's not gonna have a say so in any type of personnel decisions, especially if his best friend is available to come join him. So that connection right there pretty much signed, sealed, and delivered Javier Baez to the Mets. Now the one good thing is, if you want to say good thing, we didn't give away any of our everyday players, meaning we still got J.D. Davis, we still got Jeff McNeil, we pretty much should have a surplus on the bench when and if Lindor comes back before the end of the season, if there's a season for him to come back too. I believe the stat was 9-15 and 15 since the All-Star break. And what a harbinger to come should have been that series against the Pittsburgh Pirates, who if are not, if not the worst team in the National League, they're pretty much neck and neck with the Miami Marlins. And we lost, I believe, three or four going into the break. And we came out the break and lost three or four. That was the area. That was the span of time that we should have been able to, even with all our injuries, fluff up that league to give us enough of a cushion that we could withstand any type of moves that the teams behind us were going to inevitably make at the deadline. Instead, in eight games against the Pirates, matter of fact, I'm probably... I'm, Let's say seven games against the Pirates, we went two and five. In seven games against the Marlins, we went, I believe, two and five. That's four and ten. That's six games below 500 against the two worst teams in the National League. But here was the death blow. Jacob DeGrom being shut down during his rehab because something it's not structural, but something isn't right. And I've been saying since the beginning of the season, I'm like, man, I have a feeling he's going, his, his elbow is going to pop. And if anything, you know, if, if I were rather for anything to pop, I'd rather his elbow than his shoulder. Once his shoulder go, it's a wrap. Everything they're saying is the forearm, which is connected to the elbow, which is probably leading up to Tommy John surgery. Jacob DeGrom has had Tommy John surgery before he became, before he came into prominence. I believe 
maybe his first year in the system, he had Tommy John surgery. That's why he wasn't the heralded, heralded prospect like Matt Harvey was. But yet, when they both came out, I knew from day one, especially that first start against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, Jacob DeGrom was the keeper. Matt Harvey was going to flame out. And I've been proven correct. Neither here there. So with Jacob DeGrom pitching to a sub 6 ERA, sub, in fact, a sub .6 ERA, after they did the crackdown on the, on the sticky stuff, his shit rose to a 1. But I'm wondering... Being the fact he had to show do an extra grip because whatever he was using, and I'm not saying he was wrong, but whatever he was using probably wouldn't have uh, you know, passed the test. He had to start gripping it a different way, gripping it a little differently. And do, do you not think that exacerbated his forearm and elbow problems? I think so. There was another bit of information that I I believe I read in an article, maybe about Buster Olney from ESPN. And that is this. Jacob DeGrom, being the fact he already had Tommy John surgery. They say usually a Tommy John surgery, uh, after about seven to eight years, it's like the threads start coming off. And you got to time back up. And it's looking at the calendar, it's printed about about eight years since he had that Tommy John surgery. And there's a real particular reason, and I'm I, I'm not a physics physicist or whatever the whatever the fuck you want to call it. But I guarantee there's a reason why his velocity has jumped so dramatically over the last two years. And I believe there's looseness in that elbow. And that's allowing him to get that torque, a little extra torque, but that little extra torque. Is loosening up those threads, and that's why he's on the sideline. Another another tidbit that I read: that at the trade deadline, coincidentally, the day of the trade deadline, news came out that Jacob Degrom was getting shut down for another two weeks, and he wasn't probably going to be available until mid September if everything went perfectly. And the brass of the New York Mets decided, you know what? I don't think we're going to blow our load in this season because. As accurate as it may be, Jacob DeGrom is not right. If he ain't coming back, it don't matter who the fuck we put on that field. We ain't going but so far. So why are we going to strap ourselves with onerous contracts or deplete our already depleted farm system if Jacob DeGrom, our ace, my MVP candidate, and being the fact he lost all this fucking time, he probably lost me about $300 because... He was he was pretty much a lock to get it in. You know, I caught a I caught a bargain at the beginning of the year. I think Jacob Degrom for NL for NL MVP was maybe like plus seven hundred or something like that. I jumped on that shit and my shit was looking good. Should have cashed out, but didn't. Anyway, being the fact that all that was gonna happen, they said, you know what, we're not gonna do it. Which runs counter. And what our owner, our illustrious owner, our billionaire owner, Steve Cohen, said 
on social media leading up to the trade deadline. He was like almost like antagonizing the fans. He's like, well, you know, which which big ticket item do you want us to go after? Is it A? Is it B? Is it C? Or D? All of the above. And guess who the fuck we got? Not a damn person. We didn't get any arms. We got one bat. We didn't really get any defense. And uh, it seems to me that I'm going to just put a bow tie on this because I can tell I'm rambling. It seems to me that them not pulling the trigger on various moves that they could have done to bolster our hopes this year and maybe put us in a position next year to have to reassess. To me, that's showing the utmost lack of confidence in your team, the utmost lack of confidence in your manager. And um, at the same time, I'm not going to lie. I was at my shoot job a couple of day, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I like to display, when, especially, uh, you know, during that time, I like to display my Met colors. So I had my Met mask on. And dude came with a Yankee Yankee hat on. And he was like, hey, I, I got to ask you for a direction. But uh, I don't know. You know, I don't like Met fans. And I'm like, I know you're not talking. With your bum ass team fucking hovering over... Hovering two games above 500 and cry, cry, cry. And, oh, this person's this and this person's that. And, oh, we don't got no pitching. And and and, and what about Booney? And what about Guardian? What about Judgy? And what about, who the fuck is it? John Carlos or whatever the fuck his name is. Stanty and whatever the hell. Hixie. <laughs> Lukey. <laughs> whatever. And he actually had to bow down. He was like, you know what? My bad. You know, my team stinks right now. Y'all in first place, utmost respect. I wish I could fast fast forward now to seeing that dude and he looking at me and like, you know what? I don't even need to ask you for the directions because you know what? I'm not going to lower myself to ask a Met fan because uh, y'all stink and he'd be right. But um, what's going to happen? I don't know. I don't know because the way the NL is set up is set up like this. You need to win your division if you're the Mets because there is no wild card coming out our division. The wild cards are both coming out the West plus the winner of the West. That means you only have the winner of the Central and the winner of the East. And at this point in time, if they don't show and prove something in this upcoming series against the Washington Nationals who gave away who was it? They gave away Trey Turner and they gave away fucking Max Scherzer. So if we can't beat them when they pretty much put the right flag in and said, fuck it. Maybe we should do the same. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and meet the Mets. Guaranteed to fuck up your day. Now, next up to bat, next topic on deck would be the 
B A. Now I'm going to get this part out of the way before I talk about my New York Knicks. There's something that I forgot to mention last episode, which was who knows how long ago. And um, I brought it up. I teased it in the intro and I really forgot. And that was me being a hypocrite. Ah, there's that word again. Hypocrite. I consider myself to be a hypocrite when it comes to the NBA because of the following. As much as I loathe the fact of quote unquote super teams. And as much as I hate the fact of M- all the M- a lot of the NBA media on ESPN, Fox Sports, and the like talk about narratives and always concentrate their their their, their uh, coverage on these superstars and not the up-and-coming teams, not the role players. You know why I stopped, or should I say I've really started getting tired of talking about the NBA when it got to the conference finals and especially the NBA finals was the fact of all the glamour teams are gone. All the old guard, the majority of the old guard of stars were not playing. You had no KD. You had no Harden. You had no Steph. You had no LeBron. You had no AD. You had no Kawhi. You had no Kyrie. You had no Joel Embiid. Eh, no. I'm not even going to put Joel Embiid in that fucking conversation. You had no Dane. You had no Westbrook. You had Chris Paul. And you had Giannis. And that's pretty much it. I never got swept up in the narrative of everybody trying to put Devin Booker into the superstar category. He's a, he's a good player. He ain't a superstar. Aiton, good young player, ain't a superstar. Middleton, solid, number two player, ain't a superstar. Drew Holiday, great defensive guard, ain't a superstar. So pretty much you had Giannis. That was it. In Milwaukee, in Phoenix, not the two glamour franchises. There was no villain. There was nobody to root against. As much as I don't particularly care about Chris Paul, it wasn't enough venom in me against him to keep my keep my attention. It was just fucking boring. And I got tired of talking about it. Like, as much as Trey Young got on my last everlasting nerve, as much as Trey Young being in what his third complete year took that massive step. And got to the, as much as Trey Young is still a new, pretty much part of the new guard coming in, Trey Young locked into something in me that nobody else did that was remaining. And that was a villain. Somebody to root against. Somebody to turn the TV on and just say, how the fuck this dude do that? With grudgingly respect. Like, once he once he got hurt, 
That was a foregone conclusion that Milwaukee was getting through. And Milwaukee, as much as I'll give them credit for winning the championship, but they were some of the luckiest motherfuckers. They were a half a shoe size from getting knocked out in the second round against a one-man team and Kevin Durant. They were a ref's unfortunate placement behind Trey Young and his injured ankle by probably losing against the Atlanta Hawks in the conference finals. And they were an inexperienced Phoenix Suns team, even with the 20-some-odd-year, or almost 20-some-odd-year vet, Chris Paul, leading them from losing in the NBA Finals. It was just, it was just disgusting. So, yeah, on that point, I'm a fucking hypocrite. Now, when it comes to the Knicks, the Knicks are very shrewd. I give the Knicks... A nice clap. Because what they did this year, or should I say what they did in the offseason, they kept what made them, they kept their identity, they kept the players that gave them their identity, and they upgraded in the players that already had a ceiling and could not get any further further along. Case in point. They re-signed Alec Burks, and there was a handful of games, and I believe he won game in the playoffs, maybe the game that we won. That um no, that actually was Bullock. But there was at least a handful of games, if not more, in the regular season where Alec Burke, his play won us at least 10 games in the in, in the regular season. So, and he was part of the core that the fan base grew to love. So bringing him back, ten million years—that's eh, that's cheap for a player. That's cheap for a player now. That's almost like the veteran minimum back in the day. So ten mil for Alec Burks. He gets which guard? He he can play sparingly the point guard position, and he is a sharpshooter, and he can get his own. His, you know, his own his own shot, much needed. Bringing back D Rose, three years, forty three mil. A lot of people say, oh, that's that's a lot of fucking money. Um, what he's gonna be a starting point guard? And at that time, I'm like, you know what? I had I had reservations myself, because as everybody knows, and if they didn't know, Stephen A. Smith, which once again is almost like whatever. He let it be known last week that Dame Lillard of the Portland Trail Blazers said, or through his various sources, he knows for a fact that Dame said that if he goes to Portland to request a trade, there's one team and one team only he wants to be traded to, and that's the New York Knicks. So, with that being said, I'm like, look, we got... 60 mil in cap space. We could absorb a contract. 
We don't have to worry about actually matching salaries because our t the players that we have or we had at the time, if we were going to do a pure salary match, that means we would have to get rid of Randall, which kind of defeated would defeat the point of bringing in Dane to get rid of Randall. And then you still have to worry about finding that number two slash number three. So at first, I'm like, D. Rose, three years, but about 15, 16 mil. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. 13 mil, whatever. I don't know. And I, and I thought that. And then who else did they bring back? They brought back Nerlens Noel, which I thought was a good was a, was a, was a good signing. You know, because we he really there was I think there was a game in the playoffs that he was our best player for I believe game three in Atlanta. If it wasn't for him, we would have got blown out early. You know, and he's a good defensive magnet. He's a good defensive stalwart. He's a good big. You know, and 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 tell you the truth, I mean, he played his heart out. So, I actually like that signing. Now, this was the signing that gave me reason to pause, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck are y'all doing? Evan Fournier last played with the Boston Celtics, and he was acquired by the Boston Celtics to a trade from the Orlando Magic's. I forgot how many how many years was it? Three years, seventy five mil for Evan Fournier. I'm like, what the fuck y'all doing? Evan Fournier, seventy five, seventy eight mil. When you still gotta leave some smart, leave some space for um from for Dane. You're not gonna be able to flip Fournier for Dane. That's when I'm like, oh, what the fuck y'all doing? Like, and once again, we need a point guard. We knew. D Rose can't play more than twenty five minutes to be to be fucking serviceable. More than twenty five minutes, the production decreases. So I'm like, yo, what the fuck? But here's where the ace came in. Here's where the trump card came in. Oh, scratch that. No more use of that term. Here comes here come here comes where the hidden card comes into play. Right after that, a couple days after these signings where, you know, we felt a little bit un underwhelmed. News came out that uh, Kimber Walker negotiated a buyout with the OKC Thunder. And he was planning on taking the veteran minimum or somewhat, maybe like three, four mil a year to come to the New York Knicks. Eureka. Love it when the plan comes together. Now, if you think of it in these terms, you got Evian Fournier. Okay. He can get his own shot. And he can shoot from the outside. You brought back Alec Burks. Still, outside shooter. You brought back Noel. Good interior defense, defender. You got Mitchell Robinson coming back. You got Obi Toppin coming back. You got the draft pick, Grimes, from, from, from the University of Houston. 3 and D guy, plug him in. You got you still got RJ Barrett. You see where I'm going with this? Now, you got Quickly, who played his best 
being teamed up with D-Rose. Now, if you bring Kimba in, and he's relatively healthy, you're not asking him to be the man. You're asking him to split 48 minutes with D-Rose. So pretty much, you need, neither one you have to starve out more than 25 minutes a game. Then you add on top of that, now you got Julius Randle, who actually has a legitimate point guard to put him in his optimum position so he don't have to play fucking point forward and fucking bring the ball up, do a little fucking bullshit ass spin move in the, in the, in the lane, and hopefully bank it off the backboard. You put everybody in their proper place with the addition of Kimba, and you still have the flexibility that with all these draft picks that we have and the flexible contracts that we have, that when that time comes that Dame says, you know what, Portland has been real. I got to go to the East. I got to go to New York. We can still make some moves. We can still get Dame onto this roster. I think... Leon Rose and the boys deserve kudos, deserve enormous credit for a lot of their stealth ways. A lot, a lot of people. Now, I thought myself, I'm like, they're doing these moves because they know something. I thought they knew Dame was going to ask for a trade and boom, slot him in. I was mistaken. Because I'm not in the know. But I didn't know enough to know there had to be an accompanying move coming along with these signings. Because for you not to try to build upon the momentum that we, as the New York Knicks fan base, had from the, from the previous season into this upcoming season, if you don't try to improve and build upon that, then... This 41 and 31 record from last year, number four in the East, is all for naught. So, uh, I think that'll probably be the, unless they have a fucking blockbuster before now and uh, October, this probably be the last time I'm talking about the fucking new NBA. Good riddance. But, um, like I said, I think the, my Knicks did a, did a great job. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are. So we tell them, this is D-Block, mighty, mighty D-Block. Everywhere we go. (laughs) Man, listen. Last week. I want to give y'all a little backstory. Yeah, a little backstory that actually ties into why the fuck y'all only hear, well, why the fuck y'all hearing my voice 10, y- 10 days past when y'all was supposed to hear my voice. I, Donnie fucking Ooh, thought I was on vacation from my shoot job August 1st. The reason why I wasn't on my vacation, I guess old age and I really fucking forgot. 
But August 3rd was the date that would live in infamy in New York City, New York State, and hip hop as a whole. August 3rd was the latest verses. In one corner was the LOX, the locks from Yonkers, Jada, SP, Sheik Looch. In another corner, from Harlem, the Diplomats, Dipset, Cam, Joels, Jimmy, Freaky. And this was to be held in the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. So, once I heard that this was actually a go, once I heard the venue, I'm like, I, I look, don't get it fucked up. Donnie old ass just turned 45 a couple days ago. Matter of fact, it's five days to go to be exact. Y'all figure it out. So my old ass was not going to the garden, especially when we're in the middle of a pandemic. Anyway, but I figured I'm on vacation. I'm probably going to be in the crib. This would be the perfect time to crack the white henny. Put on some, some Tim's and watch this shit and enjoy the fucking atmosphere. So when I realized that, oh shit, I'm not on vacation. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I didn't plan my vacation around this shit. This shit was just like an event that was going to happen during my vacation. When I realized I was not going to be off, I'm like, okay, there's ways around it. Um, I'm going to still enjoy the said event. I just can't enjoy it the way I want to enjoy it. But either here, there, I'm going to do it. So the day of, you know, I wish God I'm happen to have a break on my on my journey, and I turn the phone on and go to Instagram, go to Versus page, and I'm like, Yo, why are they still talking about? Why are they still got fucking posters and shit? And fucking, you know, post of coming, coming soon. Like, did they cancel at the last minute? Like, what the fuck? So, turn it off. I'm like, oh, well, I guess that shit ain't going to happen. And then, uh, something told me to check back later. I checked back later, maybe about nine or so. And it's like, oh, yeah, it starts at 930. I'm like, 930? Okay. That's great. That, that because that coincides with more free time of mine that I can actually try to enjoy it. 9.30 comes, turn it on. I saw which guard. I found a little feed, YouTube feed that was showing it. And I start sending it out to all my people. Like, yo, verses on, yo, yo, the verses on, verses on, verses on. And I'm watching it. And the DJ's going back and forth. For both groups. And uh, I'm like, all right, they ain't start yet. So I turn it off. Turn it back on, maybe like 15 minutes later. Fucking DJ's still going on. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, I try my patience, but okay. Might work in my advantage because I might actually be able to enjoy this in my humble abode. About 15, 20 minutes later, turn it back on. It's like a little back to 10. Still seeing DJs, 
They all hear music. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So maybe about a quarter after 10, they, people start coming out, start coming on stage. And I'm going to, matter of fact, I'm going to let y'all know about why Donnie's a hypocrite with this topic right now before I forget. When I first heard it, I'm like, oh, this is a good matchup. Like I said, you got the locks, you got the dips. Lyrically, locks all day. You got Jada, who spits. Top five dead or alive. And that's just off one LP. You got SP. Lyrical monster, fucking Jedi, MC. And you got Sheik, who got bars. Motherfuckers sleep on Sheik, but Sheik got bars. Then on the other hand, you got the dips. You got Jewels, who hasn't been out in years. You know, yeah, he's dropped here and there, but he hasn't really been prominent in years. And but they got songs. Dipset Anthem come on. That's it. It just, it, it just hits different. You got Jim Jones, who at one time wasn't the most lyrical, but he got songs. You got Cam, who, especially in the prime years of Dipset, used to be clowned about his lyrics. Computers putin', I get the shooter shooting. Get shot up, man, I do the shooting. <laughs> like... I mean, but the in the song or in the in the framework of a song, the shit works. So I'm thinking Madison Square Garden, stadium atmosphere, songs. Plus, I'm also thinking, damn, Jada empty a clip when it came to Fab. Can't, I know they're too smart to have any type of overlap. So I wonder who's going to really have to carry it to make sure Jada doesn't overlap his previous verses against Fat. Meanwhile, you got Cam can pull from his solo. Jim can pull from his solo. They can pull from the... the but I, like I said, I'm 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 totally misreading this whole shit because I'm thinking songs. I'm not thinking lyrics. I'm not thinking bars, and I'm not thinking the one most important thing when it comes to this fucking verses. And I guess because I got fucking uh, a sidetracked. Or bamboozled with the quote-unquote venue that I it, it, it t I totally overlooked it. Mixtapes, freestyles. How the fuck did I forget that? How did I not bring that into play? Because if you think about it, the locks, not even D block, because that's a whole different other entity of the locks. The locks came in the game on clue tapes. Clue freestyles. Bad boy freestyles with big. 
Not no made up shits. Then you go into the early 2000s, D-Block mixtapes. Styles, Ghost in the, the Ghost series. Fucking, uh, 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 fucking Sheik, fucking Gorilla, Silverback Gorilla series. Jada series. How am I forgetting this? Now that's where the dips could have tried to hold up because diplomat, the diplomat fucking mixtapes one through five classics. Then you had the Cam, then you had the fucking Jewel's mixtapes, but back like cook crack. So I'm I, I forgot all about the fucking mixtape part of the verses. So I'm thinking it's gonna be neck and neck. I don't know. I don't know. This shit might be tough. <laughs> so when I finally turn it turn it on and I see the venue, I'm like, yo, the guard look different. <laughs> My dumbass. Thought it was the actual garden. Like, where the Knicks at? Garden. No, it was the Hulu Theater, which is like the old felt form. It's in the garden, but it's a smaller venue. So it's more like a club. So, you have that atmosphere. You have them come on stage. You got everybody just automatically, just, you know, you had the, on, the online shenanigans with SP and Jim. So, I mean, both sides talking mucho shit. They came to an agreement that, yeah, we're going to be real fucking chippy, but it's all love at the end of the day. We're going, we want, we want that fucking error. We want that aura inside the building. And that's what the fuck happened. You know how the fucking lock set it off? Fuck you. With a heart full of hatred, fuck you. Dips responded with, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. Hmm. Now, different venue, or if it was original verses, might have been a toss-up. This venue, performance, performance. I want to say halfway through the first half of the fucking verses, the dips were lip syncing. They had the background vocals on there. The locks, straight spitting. Shit from 20, 25 years ago. Making the shit sound new all over again. Then they came with Ninja Star started something. Cause I try to, I look. If y'all know, y'all know. The dips, they came with crump music. This that bomb diggy, bomb diggy, bang the bang whip. Eh. Not 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 against the locks, Mace and DMX. The whole energy was was off. You had Jim, he's there. They got the hot ass leather 
sweatsuits, Cam sitting in the beach chair trying to act too cool for school. Jada came there on one. On one. I, I would truthfully say, based on this, based on that outing, outing, based on that atmosphere, Jada's in my top three all time. Now, he was always in my top ten. He's in my top three. Because the fucking precision that they carved him up with. Jada was like, look, this ain't New York, New York. They live in Miami. They from Colorado. You can catch me. <laughs> I'm here. Fucking Cam tried to thought he had thought he had one up. Put the welcome to New York City on with, with with Jay. Jada came back with the New York with with Fat Joe and Ja. Later on, when when the disc finally got a little hype, matter of fact, before that, this is a chamber that they neglected to fucking use. Max B. Max B. Jim, they started with the with the G's up, but coincidentally, did not play Max V Max B's vocals. And went right into Bird Game Money with No No We or whatever, the fake Max B. And after they finished that, what did Jada do? Salute the Max B. Ego came in between a definite win. But like I said, later on, when they start getting hype, Joel's talking his shit. Said, yo, y'all, y'all even like women? Y'all even like girls? Y'all ain't got no girl records. And the locks went on a run. Ride or die chick. The Mariah Honey joint. The J-Lo Jenny from the Block joint. Psst. Go on and on and on and on. Fucking good love by, by Sheik. It's like anything the dips will pull out. The locks had an answer for. But to me, it ended in round four, if you want to say round four. And that's when Jada dropped, or should I say he spit, a 12-year-old's freestyle that was very apropos of that time and place. And the Dips had no response for that. Couldn't have had no response for it. <sighs> Shit was a moment. Shit was a movement. Shit was a moment. A lot of people say it should have been so, you know, people should have saw it coming because yeah, you know, the locks, they which they were brought up under the puff, so they knew about the performance part, which is all true, but stop fucking lying. Y'all wasn't talking about that beforehand. Because you didn't really think about that until it was uh, front and center right in your face. Because when I was looking at it, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm not looking at it as, yo, shoot, good thing they had those sessions with puff. No, I was looking at MC versus rapper. MC 
Move the crowd. MC, microphone controller versus rappers and a hype man. That was the ultimate difference. And each one played their position. The lot's been together for 30 years. Not nah, one fucking hint of infighting at all. The dips. One year they together. Next year, they blackballing each other. Next year, they're getting on Instagram, fucking telling each other's fucking deepest, darkest secrets. Next year, their reunion. Next year, another one bites the dust. Next year, reunion. You can tell the whole energy because everybody thought they were the star. Everybody wanted to be the star. Cam acting like he didn't really give a fuck. All right, check cleared. I'm here. Jim, like, yo, this is my moment. This is my moment to shine. Yes, sir. <laughs> Joel's just there. I ain't, I ain't gonna slam the Joel's because it is what it is. Freaky just trying to fucking look like he had a shake, like he was a human shake weight, trying to fucking lose as much calories as possible each fucking ball. But yeah, it was a fucking massacre. Tell you the truth, I personally think they shouldn't even do another fucking verse for a while. Because nothing is going to live up to the energy. It was almost like you was watching a battle in the middle of the fucking tunnel back in the 90s. That's how the fucking energy was. And kudos to fucking Styles P at the end of the day, at the end of the fucking verses. He made a point. He made a point. And a lot of people probably overlooked this. I didn't. He made a point to talk to the crowd, to talk to the people in attendance, talk to the people in the fucking uh, video audience, to let it be known like, look, this was all fun and games. We good. There's no bad blood neither way. I understand that he felt the energy in there. He's like, look, don't give, don't give them no excuse. We came in peace. Everybody go home in peace. Because he felt the energy and he, which he spoke on it without speaking on it. And, you know, and, pro and probably also members of, extended members of the entourage wanted to let them know, like, look, yo, this ain't no beef. This was a show. This was a show. Just like Raw, SmackDown, Dynamite, wherever the fuck. It was a show. We good. Everybody got their money. And we're going home to our palatial estates. Don't y'all be fucking wilding out on the strength of, yo, that shit was, got me all, no. No. So, yo, that, that, like I said, that shit was great. That shit was great. Um, I really have nothing else left to say, but yeah, you know, I was fucking wrong. Wrong. Dead wrong. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad I was. Glad I was. You know, no no shame in the game. You know, I can fucking tell y'all when I'm wrong. I, 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 I don't have that much of an ego. Even though I do have an ego. But, you know, ego kind of swole too. But either way. Yeah. Last but not least. The coronavirus. Coronavirus. 
It's not to play a game. You know, it's not. It's not you really joke about. Uh, it's still going on. You know, the dominant strain nowadays is the Delta. I mean, I jokingly said in the past. You know, you had the Alpha, you had the Beta. Now you got the Delta. Gonna get the Omega. You're gonna get the the Zeus. You're gonna get all types of fucking variants before it's over because it's never going to be over. Never. Ever. Either you're going to have to... Okay. Once again, I'm going to let everybody know why I'm a hypocrite when it comes to this subject. Before I forget. You know, uh, you know, shit. Shit been out the bag. I did a fucking uh, episode on it. Yeah, I got stabbed in the arm. All right, fine. Now, I personally don't ask anybody else their fucking stabbing status. Because it's none of my business. I don't really give a fuck. And I just don't think that's something you bring up in a conversation of. Hey, my man, how you doing? Yeah, you know, I just wanted to know, uh, you got that shot? You got that stab? What the fuck? Like, that's, ugh. That's, that's almost like, you know, going up to a woman like, you know, uh, I know that you've been, uh, you know, uh, since you're a female, uh, you know, did you get your monthly this month? That's none of my business. So why would I, either way, I've noticed that, especially at my place of business, more and more frequently, it's like I almost got a fucking sign on my forehead that says, ask me. So, you know, it would just come up because recently in New York, in New York, they've started doing a quote unquote mandate that says either you get stabbed in the arm or you got to get jabbed up the nose every week. So the choice is yours. And uh, now they're going to start cracking down on places that's indoors and saying that, if, you know, if you didn't get stabbed in the arm, then you can't come in. <sighs> Did I not tell y'all? Months ago, that this shit was going to be a quote-unquote class war again. This was going to be able to break it down because you can't say, all right, you got the have and the have-nots when it comes to money. But, shoot, probably in another year, everybody's going to be fucking broke. So you can't break it down like that. So now you're going to break it up into fucking status of whether you got stabbed or whether you did it. Oh, if you got stabbed, you can do X, Y, Z. If you didn't, then you can do A, B, and C. But you can't do X, Y, Z. And tell you the truth, you can't even be next to XYZ because ABC doesn't want to deal with you and 321 get the fuck away from me. I know that made no sense. But my being a hypocrite when it comes to as screamish as I am when I see people without masks in the state that I live in, in the city that I live in, I noticed that when I was in my travels, during my travels, you know, in the past month or so, when I got out of New York, if I'm outside, <laughs> and yeah, shoot, shit's around my wrist, ain't around my face. Went to dinner, I'm like, look, if I got to eat, I ain't putting this shit on, put this shit on later. Went bowling, oh, shoot, 
Fuck I look like bowling the mask. Shoot, I, I, I'm, I'm what you call it. I got stabbed. I'm big vaxxed. Got to see if this shit work. But when I'm up here, I ain't going to lie. I look down my fucking fat ass nose, down at people like, ew, you inside? Fucking raw dog in this fucking air? I don't want to need to be next to you. Like yesterday, for instance, I'm in fucking Sam's Club and I see this dude and he's just walking around and guess what? He don't got a fucking mask on. Yeah, this is in Jersey. Secaucus, Jersey. Yeah. So he don't got a mask on, which is, it is what it is. I don't think they put a mandate out there yet. So, but meanwhile, he's fucking coughing. He's like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? This dude don't have a fucking mask on. So we go next door to fucking Walmart and sh guess what? I'm in one fucking aisle and guess what I hear? Achoo! I turn that aisle and guess what the fuck I see? This same maskless motherfucker with no mask on, fucking contaminating raw dog in air and fucking busting fucking mucus all in the fucking atmosphere. Nasty. But I wonder how many people probably might have been saying that shit about me when I was in various states. And I'm like, huh? I feel I got to test this shit out. Yeah. So, yeah, Donnie's a fucking hypocrite on that fucking aspect also. So check that in. But I, touching on this subject, like I said, I don't particularly feel that whether you believe, all right, or matter of fact, whether it is in the best interest of everybody as a whole for people to get shot in the arm, just to quote unquote stop the spread. Whether you believe that or not, I don't personally believe that you should be able or you should impose your feelings toward the next individual for their individual choice. You can give them information. You can give them or you can you should just respect their choice, whether you agree with it or not. That's the problem in society now. Everybody, everything is my way or the highway. No, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. You should do that. My loved ones, I can. If I have control over that, then I then I do so. If I do not have control over that, then I voice my opinion. I voice my feelings. But ultimately, being the fact that everybody should be an adult nowadays, or well, technically, if you're an adult, I have to leave that upon. That individual. I like, but I, I I see I see a lot of a lot of judging from from afar, and it just doesn't it just doesn't seem right to me, you know. Because, like I said, at the end of the day, it seems like this is becoming another source of division amongst people, amongst family, amongst friends. And it shouldn't be such. You know, I feel like if you consider yourself uh, concerned for the well-being of others, especially loved ones, then you should just be in the position of, all right, I'm going to support you. I might not agree, but being the fact you're X, Y, Z, I'm going to support you. Because the, the constant rhetoric going back and forth, everybody, once everybody's entrenched in their position, everybody's going to be entrenched in their position. Fuck it. You know, um, you know, but like I said, I, 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 I personally have gotten a little irritated where people are just like, well, you know, uh, are you, I, I swear nowadays, 
Alfred don't give a fuck, so I just say, yeah, yeah, all right, whatever, you know, yeah, yay, nay, whatever. But I think I'm going to start lying just to see their expression to say, psych. Just to see. And then when they give me that look like, really? Are we five years old? I would be like, yeah, that's exactly where I'm going to fucking rebut. Yeah, really? Are we five years old? Why the fuck are you all in my business? <laughs> what it comes down to is everybody has to literally respect each other, each other's space, both physically and um, opinion-wise. You have to respect each other's space. Give each other that six feet of social distance. Even though I think that shit's even a fucking myth, because now it, 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 I think uh, a while ago it was like, yeah, whether you know, is it, fit, is it five feet, is it six feet, is it twenty feet, or are you inside? If you're inside, does that which go? Does it matter how many feet you are? If you're outside, does it matter? Because I, I really think this shit goes where it wants to go, where it wants to go. You can have twenty motherfuckers in the same venue. And who knows what happens? The fucking results vary. Doesn't matter. But um, people just, like I said, we just need to, we need to try to get to the point of support. You know, there, there, there are people that are just abstinent or, yeah. Do you, is that? Anyway, obstinate or, or just being entrenched in their fucking views and, you know, people that's on a fucking uh, uh, ICU deathbed talk about, yeah, I ain't taking that shit. <sighs> and next thing you know is, you know, you're seeing RIP. That doesn't give anybody else the right to uh, make fun of that. It's an unfortunate situation. To each his own. And, you know, you just got to, like I said, you got to just support who you can support. I'm rambling. And yeah, so that's my two cents on it. I just know that it's going to get worse as the year progresses. I guess what? It's like, it's like what? The fourth wave already, you know, and then, then we're going to have to worry about the fucking, fucking uh, flu again. And then, and then we're going to have to worry about, oh, yeah, those vaccinations are starting to wear off. All right, we got to start mobilizing people to start getting booster shots. And then there's going to be a segment of people like, look, I already got shot. I, I ain't doing it again. <sighs> Man, who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought fucking two years ago, two summers ago, we would be talking about a fucking worldwide virus that's just zapping motherfuckers down like, like a fucking fly light. Yeah. Well, people, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh podcast. Like I said, starting in September, right around the time, right around the beginning of the NFL season, I'll be moving this podcast. From Saturdays, back to the original slot of Wednesdays. But I will give everybody a heads up. It's not happening now. This podcast that you're listening to right now 
is like I said, ten days late. And I'm like, instead of instead of me making it fourteen days late, let me put this shit in. Let everybody know the news, and uh, hopefully I will get back to y'all this coming Saturday. Because uh, things are heating up in the world of wrestling, and within what next week and a half, we got SummerSlam for WWE. And we got a whole bunch of things going on with AEW. And uh, I think I'm going to try to get Chef Mix back on this show. So we can talk about this in person. And uh, get this fever pitch that I'm feeling with wrestling out my fucking system. Because like I told y'all, I told y'all before and I told y'all again and again and again. I love talking about wrestling, but I can't talk about wrestling by myself on a podcast because it would be very fucking boring. So I need to get somebody, i.e. my son, to talk about this wrestling so I can get it out of my system and give it to the masses before all this shit about to jump off. Because this next month and a half when it comes to wrestling, if you're a wrestling head, you're definitely going to know. So, hit on the plugs. EasyTree.me slash World of Donnie Oo. EasyTree.me slash World of Donnie Oo. For everything... Donnie Oo. Salty Thoughts to Donnie Oo merch, Donnie Oo music, and Donnie Chow music, all available, plus this podcast at easytree.me slash world of Donnie Oo. Check out the homies at the Black Wrestling Podcast, the homie Kyle, the homie Math, the, mom- the homie Ill Fam, <laughs> the homie Drip. Check out Black Wrestling Podcast on each and every platform. Check them out on YouTube especially. Subscribe, like, press the noti bu- button. Check them out. Got some great shit on deck. Got some great shit in the archives. Those are the homies. Please check them out when y'all... Even if y'all don't fuck with wrestling, check them out. Do me that favor. Like I said, I will try to get back to y'all on Saturday to- so I could put this shit back in motion to lead up to the inevitable change from Saturday back to Wednesdays. I feel a tangent coming on. I feel a ramble coming on. And I think this is actually a great fucking recording. If I do say so myself. Right now, as I'm talking, I'm giving myself the double thumbs to my back. RVD style. <laughs> Figure it out. Until next episode. Until this Saturday. Goodbye. Bye. Uh, that time, motherfuckers. Uh, dub down, motherfuckers. You know yeah, you gotta be in a certain way, class. Yeah, the champ part three, motherfuckers. Uh, it's that time, motherfuckers. No lightweights uh, allowed. Dub down, motherfuckers. Yeah. That's me, motherfuckers. Yeah, the champ part three, motherfuckers. Yo, all praises, uh, all burners, all raises. Uh-huh. Hands down, nigga, the game is all jaders. Uh-huh. Something hot drop, I get them in all flavors. Yeah. He's a dick, you pussy, y'all neighbors. <laughs>
it's that time, motherfuckers. Oh, duck down, motherfuckers. Hey, y'all, I need it from yeah, the top. Hey, yo, Greenland, you know what the deal is. Pull it back. It's all praises, all burners, all raises. Hands down, nigga, the game is all jaders. Something hot drop, I get them in all flavors. He's a dick, you pussy, y'all neighbors. Yeah. Two extra whores, I'm in the new Aston with two extra doors With a quick flip, I don't try to stretch for more 100% powder, extra raw, and I get it from Giuseppe Either him or the essays, I've been smacking these rappers around for a decade Still trying to get mommy to Sacamela Leche Know if I take her out, I can pop her the next day The Black Mamba, the vocals, MJ of the Pro Tools, antisocial Phil Jack on the track, but I can't coach you This is just audio of shit that I go through Guns in the couch, money in the mattress And I would've got the Bentley, but I had to pay taxes Settle for a polo fit and some Air Maxes Your flow's a light sprain, mine's is a fracture Uh, but the x-ray's negative You a coward in jail, you can never live Nah, you barely living out here I'm the reason you breathing, it's like I'm giving out air I got stocks in the block, and I'm giving out shares The niggas that don't talk, cause they giving out years I don't know you, you ain't familiar And I don't care who shot you, cause they ain't kill you Bars the wordplay, I'm a son of a bitch These niggas is decent, but ain't none of them kiss MTV, y'all know, I'll punish the list Them niggas' jury is fake, and ain't none of them rich Notice they keep watching them, there's no stopping them V-neck crush linen, suede Louis moccasins They won't dry up, but you can't buy luck Cashmere sweats with the Gucci tie-ups Overlooking the city, my nigga, I'm high up And I can get your brains blown out for five bucks I'm always in the hood, that's cause I rep that My paperwork good, niggas already checked that I'm probably just comfortable cause that's where I slept at The desert is blue steel, the 40 is jet black Uh, Jaden Kiss, you hurt? Ha! 42, you hurt? Uh, part 3, you hurt? <laughs> uh, it's that time, motherfuckers. Shut uh, the Y up. Dub down, motherfuckers. D Black. Yeah, that's me, motherfuckers. Yeah, the champ part 3, motherfuckers. Uh, it's that time, motherfuckers. Y'all notice how it's supposed uh, to sound, right? Down, motherfuckers. We give you that classic yeah, shit. That's it's a gangsta motherfuckers. You yeah, bastards. the champ part 3, motherfuckers. Uh, Chicken 
around the corner Gotta stay high when I survive in a city where the skinny niggas die Nope, it's the city where the skinny niggas ride Yeah, four, five, send me on they side Yeah, twist it when they drive Yeah, lick a shot for big pop and pop Yeah, one more for shine locked inside Yeah, two more for cam for taking over the rock Yeah, yeah, it's my year so Okay, okay, okay What now? Bird flip a dozen. Chicks is dicks, they suckin'. Swallow my kids, go and kiss they cousin. Guess they kissing cousins. Toys kissing muffin. Worse than that, they go home and kiss they husband. This shit's disgusting. Keep the chickens cluckin'. Keep the pigeons buggin'. This on my wrist is nothing. Yeah, it's just yellow hearts and pink diamonds. Where I get the money for this? Don't think rhyming. You fuckin' with Pablo, Bravo, Mario, Via Bono, Ho, Tato. I stood alone watching a wall with his own hand on my hand Listening to gangster music hey. I stood at home, hand on the chrome with his own flicking and channels Watching how the gangsters yeah. do it Say with me. I stood alone watching a wall with his own hand on my hand Listening to gangster music hey. I stood alone getting dome from a thick chicken sandwich Watching shaft, clocking math, 